WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Always live on the free Odyssey app. From the Sherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Live and local from Philadelphia. Free speech lives here. Here. It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And away we go, live on this Wednesday, November 8th. It is indeed Kale and Company right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We are always live on the free Odyssey app. And, of course, streaming live for your video viewing pleasure on YouTube. As we head until 10 o'clock this morning, 855-839-1210, the phone number, Twitter and Instagram, the radio station at 1210WPHT. I am at Nick Kale, K-A-Y-A-L, Dawn Stenzel with the news, Greg Stocker, the chairman of the board, Phil Almquist, Anthony Terenzo, the associate producers on a loaded Wednesday show in which Tony Bruno will join us for his weekly appearance live from Florida. Coming up at 8.25 this morning. Dawn, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Gregory? Hey, buddy. How you doing, pal? I'm good, man. You? Been better. <laughs> been better. Yeah. 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 Been better. Yeah, okay. Rough night. There was a carcass, um, 76, as I was coming in. I took a second look to see if maybe it was the uh, GOP. <laughs> yeah, let's... Let's send out all the uh, state highway workers and just uh, get the shovels, scoop it up, and just dump it off into the Schuylkill. What what we need to learn, what we need to learn as as a human race, as people, as voters, take all these polls and throw them out the window. Yeah, I don't even they, mean, want, they mean absolutely nothing. I don't even want to take them with a grain of salt anymore. No. I just don't even want to put them like you know in the salt shaker so much. Yeah. Just 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 discard them. I don't care. Moving forward, I don't care if Trump's pulling at 82%. Ripping it up. It means squat to me. It means show content and nothing more. Because in real time, in real life, the way it plays out, that ultimately is what matters. Whether you like it or not, whether you question it or you believe it, it is what it is. Uh, But we got a lot to get to this morning. A lot. I mean, this is going to be a loaded show. Yeah. It's, we have. <laughs> if there's any show you want to tune in for, it's going to be this one. I agree. And we were coming off of an amazing show from yesterday, so we'll see if we can uh, live up to what we accomplished yesterday. We have a big take on censorship and the industrial complex behind it. Media omissions when it comes to Jewish hate crimes. Tonight is the third RNC debate. If you care to watch five people <laughs> battling for, I don't know what they're battling for anymore. Second place, bragging rights, a spot in Trump's cabinet. Uh, I don't know. But I'll probably watch it anyway because I'm a loser. And then also, RFK Jr. is doing something that I don't think anybody saw coming on this show or around the country in certain little pockets, so to speak. We will get to that this morning. The Simpsons, the latest to go woke. And what? We're not talking about like O.J. Simpson and those Simpsons. We're talking about the cartoon. Like, not the Simpsons. Yeah, that's right. Bart, Homer, Dope. Rogan, Zucker, The Washington Walmart. Post. Yes. we got a lot to get to today. I'm not even going to waste any time. Let's get right to it because there's a lot to digest, a lot in Ooh. the news. 6.05, we go to the great Dawn Stenzlin for round number one of the news. Yeah, and uh, a brutal night for Republicans and really not just in our area, but essentially across the country with abortion on the ballot. 
That's one of the headlines this morning. And so I'll take you through it. Good morning. This hump day, Wednesday morning, cooler today uh, with a high of only 51 degrees for the entire day. Tomorrow I'll tell you about a change in the weather. In Philadelphia, two people shot. In a section of Philadelphia, this is unusual because normally Maniunk is a, a peaceful section of Philadelphia. We don't have many shootings. There are incidents like this, but say, police say that they were uh, the two individuals were near an apartment building, 200 block of Crams Avenue. Early this morning, 24-year-old woman found shot in her hip. She's in critical condition at Temple University Hospital, unable to speak with police, obviously. And uh, police believe a man who was shot at that same location turned up critically wounded in Lansdowne. He was found in a car. So who fired the shots? Why? What's the motive? What really happened here? Uh, we don't know. Was this domestic in nature, etc.? So many questions swirling around this police investigation is active. All right, let's get to the big news in Philadelphia, making national news for Sherelle Parker, 100th mayor-elect of Philadelphia, a Democrat who's held office at the state and local level after becoming involved in politics as a teenager, elected last night as Philadelphia's, yes, 100th mayor, making history in our great old city, as the first woman to hold the post, not that she she made one glass ceiling comment, but that was about it. You haven't heard much from her. Okay. Uh, that's not really. She was our council person in the Northwest in Philadelphia for many years. So uh, I think the way that she was raised, that's what she talks about upbringing mm-hmm. and obviously emerged from a large crowded field of Democrats back in the May primary, heavily favored over Republican David O in the city, seven to one. You know, um, voter registration, obviously, this is a stronghold for Democrats. She'll replace Jim Kenney, who's outgoing, who was ineligible for reelection due to <clears throat> term limits, among mm. other issues. Ineligible, incompetent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can go on down the list. But I, I like the fact that you kind of highlighted that, you know, kind of raised a certain way, been involved in the, the political game for a while, not so much talking about you know, the record setting or the historical moment, because ultimately it's, you know, it's about merit. And obviously now that she's elected, it's about coming through with being tough on crime. And I I can't imagine that she'll be worse than Mr. Kenny. Not that that's saying much, but I can't imagine that she'll be worse. Well, she, I mean, she has vowed and she was, you know, she got emotional last night uh, to the songs of, you know, ladies first speaking out, addressing supporters at her election night watch party uh, David O conceded about 11 p.m. And he did have a respectable showing. I think it was one of the best Republican showings since uh, Sam Katz lost in that heartbreak. Back when Sam Katz lost the mayoral election, I love Sam. I, I, you know, the saying was, hey, last one out in Philadelphia, flip off the lights. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I didn't leave <laughs> the city, but many did then. Mm-hmm. But he had, you know, a respectable showing for a Republican, which obviously has not won a mayoral race in Philadelphia for more than 70 years. Wow. Um, so, and the, and the voter turnout was low. It was higher where I was in the Northwest mm-hmm. this morning. I know you'll we'll go through it, but overall, we're in the 20s yeah, as far I saw, as voter turnout. I saw Mark Fusetti was tweeting a lot about it yesterday with the location that he was at, about how just how low the turnout was in general. Yeah, and he was in the 10th district. Okay. And so, actually, 
he was helping uh, support longtime council member Republican Brian O'Neill, who won re-election to represent the Northeast in Philadelphia. So that 10th district, mm-hmm. is the that's the sole Republican wow. who won in the entire city of Philadelphia where Mark uh, Fuzzetti okay. was. Very good. Last night. Yes. The others, uh, not so much. Working Families Party is poised to take these two city council seats in a historic win for Philly progressives, far left. Uh, council member Kendra Brooks won re-election. Her running mate, Nicholas O'Rourke, poised to take another seat that Republicans held for more than 70 years. So this is a big switch. Republicans getting wiped out. And obviously there are only 115,000 Republicans registered in the entire city of Philadelphia. The low voter turnout didn't help here as well. Mm-hmm. And I'll just get to, uh, I'll, I know we'll get through it today, but I will say that Democrat Dan McCaffrey, Judge McCaffrey, long time, uh, we know him here in Philadelphia, won that open seat on Pennsylvania's Supreme Court last night in uh, preserving the strong majority of Democrats on a panel. He ran on a, a pro a pro-choice, pro-abortion type platform. Right. And he beat out Montgomery County Judge Carolyn Carluccio, um, who had said that she was not a partisan judge. She would go with the law, mm-hmm. but she was endorsed by um, by pro-life groups. And so that was what they used against her to say she will wipe out abortion in Pennsylvania. Okay. The one issue that the GOP will constantly lose on. Yeah. No doubt about it. Agreed. It is, it is the Dobbs decision changed a voting block for a generation, and once the GOP wraps their arms and wraps their head around that, then maybe they'll start winning again. Until then, they won't. No disagreement here. We'll have to ask the GOP, the Republicans, what is your plan B? Yeah, that's correct. That is absolutely <laughs> correct. You didn't get it. Uh, I know we'll get to Bucks County. Uh, you know the rest of Montgomery County. Chester County. Uh, what happened to all the moms and minivans? Moving, yeah, showing moms and up minivans. Central, were, Central, Bucks, Central Bucks School District. Brutal losses. It went all blue. They yeah. broke down. Ran yeah. out of gas. The minivan didn't make it. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's not good. I know. It's depressing. Yeah, not good. Not good nationally, either. In Kentucky. Did you see what happened in Kentucky? Oh, yeah. We saw. We saw. Yeah. I mean, I, I looked at it from a, uh, from a football standpoint, and here's why. Because having lived down there, that conference for football... It's Kentucky, it's Tennessee, it's South Carolina, it's Georgia, it's Alabama, Florida, Louisiana, Arkansas. You go on through Mississippi. All of those states, either very red or vote red, and Kentucky goes blue. The only one. to like You were talking earlier about that one precinct, that one district, the 10th, the only one in Philadelphia to go Republican, down that way, the only state to go blue. Well, in Virginia, uh, that That's didn't true. go too well. Speaking no. of the abortion issue, yeah, no. can we uh, did not go too well for Glenn Youngkin? Yeah, can we kind of put the flag in Glenn Youngkin and say his any presidential aspirations he had are over now? Since could very well be. He just could be. I was so we had Virginia, Kentucky, and Ohio. Uh, Democrats won all three last night, I believe. Yeah, Democrats won everything, guys. Yeah, <laughs> except Mississippi. I think. Except Mississippi. Well, yeah, yeah, you're not going to win Mississippi with blue, but. Uh, so well, that that Presley guy had had a decent show. Yeah, he was he close. Wasn't he, he was Elvis's yeah, second he, cousin or whatever. Elvis's second cousin. That's like <laughs> that's like royalty in yeah, Mississippi. So. That's true. Uh, uh, Donald Trump's lawyers have said they'll they'll be pushing for a they'll they'll be pushing for a mistrial in the case of his two hundred fifty million dollar civil fraud case. So that that is swirling. 
as well as Ivanka Trump scheduled in New York today to testify. And another head, I'll just headline this. There's so much going on. We're following the Johnny Dock trial. We're following, obviously, what happened yesterday with Hunter Biden's prosecutor, Delaware's uh, David Weiss, was called to testify. And there were some interesting revelations out of that one. To, uh, former uh, former meta engineer also testified before Congress about Instagram's harms to teens. And there's more to that as well that I think is very important news that we have to pay attention to. So um, we'll talk about all of it this morning, as well as the NBC 10 first alert forecast this morning. Another bright day. Well, yesterday was cloudy, actually cloudy and warmer. High of 70. Never really felt like 70. Today, the high only 51 degrees for your Wednesday. But then we pop back up to 70 degrees as we look for sunny days today, tomorrow and through the weekend Kale and Company, News Live this morning. All right, thank you very much, Dawn. 614, let's get to a midweek big take. The Big Take on Kale and Company. All right, the big take this morning. The censorship industrial complex gets exposed. You know, you can love the United States of America and have tremendous pride in your country while simultaneously hating the way your government operates and does business. Those two things can be true at the same time. And while I love America, and I always say on this show, if you have it so bad here, then go elsewhere. Nothing bothers me more than cancel culture and your right to free speech being infringed upon. And that is exactly what has happened in the last three and a half years in America. And without the GOP taking back the House a year ago, we might never know the depths to which our government has gone to silence dissenting views until this year and until this week. House Republican Jim Jordan of Ohio dropped a major breaking news story over the last 24 hours exposing the censorship industrial complex in this country. The United States government and its agencies essentially partnered with Stanford University, the Harvard of the West, in conjunction with the Department of Homeland Security, the State Department, and Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. All three of those, plus Stanford, in an effort to shut you down. And with election season in full swing, ranging from yesterday all the way up to next November's presidential election, you can bet that this is not going to go away anytime soon. But what did this censorship campaign look like? Well, it included censoring true information, jokes, and even opinions. I want you to think about that for a second. Facts, humor, and your views, all deemed not needed by the people who were paid from your tax dollars. As Jim Jordan shared this Twitter thread on Monday, Elon Musk, the owner of Twitter, now X, said the following, quote, this is a big deal. You're darn right it's a big deal. Essentially what happened here is that the DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, assisted by Stanford University, created a disinformation group that collaborated together in an effort to censor the speech of Americans prior to the 2020 election. Ah, our good old friend disinformation. Translation, facts that we don't accept and acknowledge that need to be banned from sharing in the marketplace of ideas. That's what it is. Now, newly minted Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, issued this tweet, quote, the pseudoscience of disinformation is now and has always been Nothing more than a political ruse, mostly frequently targeted at communities and individuals holding views contrary to the prevailing narratives. 
end quote. Mike Johnson and Jim Jordan are not alone. Senator Rand Paul saying this, quote, Through my Free Speech Protection Act, co-authored by Jim Jordan, the government will be stripped of its ability to shroud its actions in secrecy and infringe upon the First Amendment rights of the American people. Short of roasting Fauci, nothing steams up Rand Paul more than free speech. And speaking of free speech and Twitter, we all remember Matt Taibbi. He's famous for his Twitter files after Elon Musk bought the company. The independent journalist was a guest on Fox News and had this exchange about free speech being shut down by big tech. Listen and watch this. So we had this massive attack, as you have reported and covered, on free speech, and America just kind of shrugged its soldier, shoulders. What do you make of this, Matt? You know, Trace, I'm, I'm actually not sure that that's 100% the case. I think people actually do care quite a lot about this issue. The only segment of American society that really doesn't care about it is the mainstream press, the people who should care about it the most because it most directly uh, affects their livelihoods and, and, you know, and their professions. But there has been uh, a virtual blackout on this issue when we started covering Twitter file stories. No matter what we covered, whether it was about you know, censorship of the left or the right, they ignored it. Uh, and this historic case that's now going toward the Supreme Court, Missouri v. Biden, in addition, in addition to some others, they should be getting a huge amount of coverage, and they're not, which is a bit of a mystery, frankly. It's a great point by a great journalist. The media and journalists alike should value this the most, yet they are complicit in the restriction of society and sharing their views as speech. Here's part two of Taibbi on Fox News talking about the latest from a real clear politics poll on freedom in America. Listen and watch. Democratic-leaning voters, 70% say yes. And then you have this real clear politics poll that that says that literally one-third of Democratic voters, 34% say Americans have too much freedom. This compared to 14.6% of Republicans. Do those numbers surprise you at all? No, I mean, I think there's been a concerted you know, long propaganda effort that really began after 9-11, but it accelerated in earnest, especially after 2016, telling Americans that all sorts of problems that have gone on around the world, you know, from 9-11 to the election of uh, Donald Trump to Brexit, are the result of disinformation or foreign interference. And as a result, people are afraid and they're embracing concepts that are totally alien uh, to core American values. Uh, We do not have a tradition in this country of outlawing false information or lies or any of those things or outlawing hate speech. We've always left that to the courts to work out through civil litigation. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. We're we're raising a, a generation that believes in totally different values. It's pretty wild times that we are living in. Donald Trump always says, if they can do it to me, they can do it to you. And Jim Jordan has the proof of that statement from Trump. In the report from Jim Jordan, the following people were targeted. Donald Trump, Newt Gingrich, Mike Huckabee, Sean Hannity, Charlie Kirk, Candace Owens, Jack Posobiec, Tom Fitton. They even target the political satire site of the Babylon Bee, which is nothing more than humor and jokes about politics. But it didn't stop there. They went after the media, including Newsmax, The Rubin Report, and other independent journalists. And Matt Taibbi is one of those independent journalists that was targeted because he all of a sudden gets audited by the IRS 
a day before he's set to testify in court. I'm sure that's just coincidental and purely random. But just like yesterday when I said on the big take in regards to the Nashville shooter manifesto, it doesn't fit the narrative. That's why they didn't release the shooter's manifesto. That's also the thing that's going on here with free speech, and it's applicable here in America. If it doesn't fit the narrative, the speech itself is deemed null and void by the government. Not only by the government, but academia and big tech as well. And when they all collude together, that is a mighty scary thought. And that's the big take. The big take on Kale and Company. All right, big take this morning. If you want to jump in, 855-839-1210, the phone number on Twitter and Instagram, the radio station at 1210WPHT. Or, of course, you can be a part of the show on the YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Hit the like and subscribe buttons and be a part of the Kale and Company comment community. We'll get some thoughts and reaction to that on the other side. Also, uh, a very interesting story uh, in a latest poll that shows just the big discrepancy that we see in this country on college campuses when it comes to liberals versus conservatives and what level of speech should be permitted or banned. We'll get to that as we continue. Six o'clock hour underway, live on a Wednesday morning. It's Nick, Don, and Greg here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. I'm taking San Francisco over Jacksonville on Sunday, 1 o'clock game, uh, San Francisco minus 164. You'll get 150 bucks. For a $5 money line bet if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. I love the FanDuel app. It's so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. Go to FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel.com slash Greg right now and sign up. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 1210 WPHT and is the official partner of the NFL. 21 and over President PA. First online round money wager. Only $5 pregame money line wager required. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is not withdrawable. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Kale and Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Good to have you in here on a Wednesday morning. Nick Dawn and Greg, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. You know, always interesting when you get ready for an election You go out, you vote. My sister, my brother-in-law yesterday, they were voting up in the Lehigh Valley for some local stuff in Lehigh County. And uh, my sister calls me and FaceTimes me. She's like, oh, you should see Michael's face. He just got out of the car, and he he had such a a bounce to his step, and he was so optimistic, and he was enjoying every bit of the moment of going in. And my sister's out in the car with her newborn waiting as he goes in and votes and comes out, and then they do the old switcheroo. And then all of a sudden, you start to see the results come in last night. And once again, and I know there was a lot of people, you know, uh, and we took calls on this yesterday that you said that there were some issues uh, with getting in line and voting with machines. Um, and, and we can get into all of that as well. Um, but you look at it last night, no matter which way you slice it, whether you want to look at Pennsylvania, obviously here with the mayor's race. I mean, that was that was over before it started. Mm-hmm. We knew that yeah. um, central bucks. Uh, that's a little tougher. Yeah. To swallow, I think. 
um, based on what you were anticipating, based on kind of the vibe you were getting, and then you actually see the results. Uh, I know Matt Rooney was tweeting a lot last night about things going on in New Jersey. Uh, Trucker Ed comes up short, our buddy yeah. Ed Durr. And then nationally, Virginia with Glenn Youngkin, Kentucky, a deep red state. Chris Christie was uh, spouting off about that last night on social media. And, of course, Ohio as well. And Ohio is typically far more red than, let's say, the state of Pennsylvania. So I think really, you know, and, and I feel like this is deja vu all over again. And I'm not trying to imitate or mimic soccer here when I say this, but I do believe that this is true. If if Republicans or conservatives or whatever you want to call yourself on the right, if if we keep doing the same thing stubbornly and we don't adapt, these will be the same results that you continue to get. And then you'll be sitting here at 1130 at night on social media. What went wrong? I can't believe it. And then the next day it's your miserable. And then you're, you know, calling uh collusion and something was rigged and like, you know, we said it. You got to have the right candidates. You got to have the right message. And obviously, Roe v. Wade, the Dobbs decision, is going to haunt that party until they come up with an alternative. And, I, you know, again, the polls, like we've been talking about this New York Times-Siena poll this week for multiple days, how great Trump looks against Biden in all of these swing states. And I said this on Monday when we were talking in the 6 o'clock hour. I said something to the effect of, I saw Republicans on Twitter on Sunday taking a victory lap. I'm telling you, if you buy into that, you are going to have your heart broke next November. And if you don't, and this is not it, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ripping our audience or our voters or I'm ripping the party. I'm ripping Ronna McDaniel. She needs to go. She should have been gone a while ago. But the reality is, if you, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and again. And expecting different results. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I don't know what else to tell people other than, and I, I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of all the collusion and the, the conspiracies on social media. Yes, I do believe some of that is absolutely verified and true. Some of these machines act up, but let's stop making it sound like we were going to go 10 for 10 and win every election and every election that we lose, there's, there's, there's shenanigans going on. No, this party has so many issues and they don't get out of their own way. And ultimately, I think there are some of these elected officials on the Republican Party, on the GOP, on the uh, on the right side that honestly, they really don't care because they're playing theater. They're well compensated. They'll rile you up. And at the end of the day, if they lose, it's fine because their life is great. That's the way I feel about this. It ran over. If I'm the Democrats right now, I am uh, seeing the message that the voters, um, you know, as 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 few of them as there were yesterday, um, I am I am uh, I am looking at what the voters said to um, everybody yesterday. And I'm I'm running. I'm I'm hanging my hat on abortion because that clearly galvanizes that base. And I. Here's the here's the problem, guys. Is that if 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 this base really is uh, fired up, and they clearly are, because they're like eight and zero after the Dobbs decision. Donald Trump is the poster child for the Dobbs decision. Okay, so you're saying that this is. A I'm just saying that formality. Donald Trump is the poster child for the Dobbs decision. Well, that's but it's why. Remember when he was asked about it? Who interviewed him? And he. 
the comment, a lot of people gave a look like a dog whistle, like, what did he just say? Right. When Trump talked about this issue and said he believed that before there was no pathway to even have any conversation about anything else. And so he said what the what it did when you moved it back to states' rights, it's a states' rights issue, was that you made it so that they could have it at the state level, but they could also have some level of negotiating the deal. Mm-hmm. That was what he said. And, and he has, in any f- subsequent interview, when he has talked about abortion, look at the way he has answered it very differently from DeSantis or Yunkin or anybody else. He has talked about what is the best pathway forward to give other options and as, as well to give other clinics a chance because Planned Parenthood gets all the federal funding and wipes out other clinics. Yep. That, to Greg's point here, that was what Trump has, that's what he has said. But to Greg's point, every, you know that the Democrats are going to say exactly what, what Greg just said. They're mm-hmm. going to say, Trump, Dobbs, boom, there it is. Mm-hmm. And then how do you overcome that talking point? Yep, that's correct. And, and I'm glad you mentioned talking points because, you know, what I'm tired of hearing from Republicans in office or running for office is the same stale talking points, even though they're absolutely valid and they're 100% correct, it's not resonating. If you're a Republican and you sit there and say, we're going to fix the economy, we're going to be tougher on crime, we're going to be tougher at the border, we're going to fix inflation, and you go through the same rhetoric, it's not resonating with people that you are trying to either grab that are on the fence or to get people from like the moderate Democrat side of things that are like, man, this economy really does stink, the Biden stuff. I'm definitely not a progressive. I'm not you know, ultra left. Okay, you have my you have my interests peaked a little bit here. Like it's easy to sit there and spew the talking points. Vivek Ramaswamy does a great job with that. There are a lot of people out there that actually are good with their delivery, but for some reason it doesn't penetrate with mm-hmm. people outside of the base that you already have. Exactly. And Trump, if Trump what would be smart if he if he were going to say this because the Supreme Court would would overturn it anyway, it would be smart for Trump to simply say I will not sign a federal abortion ban criminalizing mm-hmm. abortion. Now, if he signed it anyway, if anybody signed something like that, we know this, the Supreme Court's going to boot it out anyway because they've already ruled on this issue that it's a state's rights issue. But that's something that Trump could say. I won't sign a federal abortion ban. Yeah. Boom. The the issue really is is that they, you know, Trump is the poster child for Dobbs because he put those three justices on the court. Uh DeSantis's abortion thing is is completely out out in left field. Nobody's voting for that. Nikki Haley has an interesting take on it, but again, you know, we talked about this yesterday, Dawn. The like the the viability in the the, the fifteen weeks of like fifteen weeks was on the ballot in in in, in Ohio and it lost. Mm-hmm. So so that that was the list that was the litmus test. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I yep. there's nothing there is nothing. Be, and and Ohio again is a red state. We're not talking about uh you know New York right. or California. Mm-hmm. It's Ohio. It's a red state. Yep. And they voted they, and they voted overwhelming for it. So they need to really either uh, you know I don't know if if you can because mm-hmm. the problem is that it's been such a huge part of the GOP platform for so long 
Well, because, that you, because it's you what, can't walk because away it's from what it. we believe. I mean, it, I'm not saying it's not, it, but I'm just, I mean? I'm just yeah. saying it's a losing issue. But, so you need to you need to find yeah. a way to 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 convey that message yeah. to people. You have a year to do it, yeah. uh, and and I just don't know how that's possible because I've it's lo- look. I have long said, if you have if you if you believe that you can go to war, if you can go to war, and you can kill. Other people's sons and daughters in the name of war and the fog of war, then you can equate that. If we think about pro life, that's the way that Republicans should talk about this that women are at war, women who are incest victims, women who don't have alternatives, women who don't have the money for birth control or whatever's going on in their relationship. And that's how they have to, that's the verbiage I think they have to use that women are at war right now. And in, in so, on so many levels, it, it, it's it's the only way that they can create a pathway for that. Because if you say to women in this country, to Greg's point, no, you cannot have this option. They're going to vote this way. There's no message, and it doesn't even matter what I think personally. It matters what well, I know the voters voters think. I'm talking about I'm talking about what the voters think, and and you're you're not this. There's no, in my opinion. There is nothing but the status quo that happened under Roe versus Wade in 1973 that that anybody on you know the majority of people who vote once. Mm-hmm. So until like until we get back to the status quo, which ain't gonna happen, then then this is gonna be a losing issue. So I don't know how you combat that, yeah. and it's a it's a serious problem. Mm-hmm. It is GOP, because a serious problem. It is because think about the tiny percentage of the United States population that actually is affected by the the abortion issue. It's a teeny weeny percentage, and yet it's driving all these elections, right? And so the economy, the border, the crime, the state of education, every issue that matters to every American is on the table, and yet this tiny percentage issue mm-hmm. is the one yep. that is pushing forth the wins yep. for democrats lucy 39 on the twitter says no matter how the democrats slice it abortion is the ending of a life there's no two ways about it it is the ending of a life and the republicans need to find a way to get that kind of message they, out. They, they've been getting that message out for my lifetime and yeah. it hasn't resonated that's what lou says it, it just hasn't resonated so you, it's i'm sorry like it's just it is it, it 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 has nothing to do with what's true or not. Well, let's, or, a, let's also look at it from this perspective too. That, that, that's obviously a losing endeavor right now for Republicans. But one, and that's something clearly the Democrats have have jumped onto. And if they want to bang that emotional drum, they're going to bang it to victory. But the other thing that Republicans have uh, you know thrown their their hat into the ring with is is school choice and parental rights. And that has been a big issue, not just here locally in, in the suburbs, but around the country and i haven't seen all of the the exact results in bucks county but i don't know don did you speak with anybody or text anybody or yeah. have any conversations last night as to what the heck happened there on that front yeah it's it was uh you know it was a long night for for everybody there but we've been texting back and forth and talking you know last night as well and a lot of disappointment but i think in truth the message was um by by the democrats that that these republicans wanted to ban books Mm -hmm. that they want to ban and uh, essentially disrespect uh, the LGBTQ plus community and their mean. I mean, that's really, you know, 
there was we saw also there were those signs that they were ordered to take down there were so there were some shenanigans as, as not not anything with regard to election integrity yeah that you know on election day but there were some shenanigans with signage and claims that were misleading and lies and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and they went to the level of creating some huge signs that were very misleading and i talked to you know we've covered all that stuff but beyond that i would simply say that if you look at uh for example, if you look at Carolyn Carluccio, who who's you know Judge Carluccio, who by the way none of the media she's a judge in Montgomery mm. County. Yeah, oh yeah, she's actually the head of all the judges. I'm well aware, um, right? Well, I know you know, yep. we know. Yep. But did you ever notice the mainstream media, all the TV stations, even others, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in this vicinity, yeah. don't ever call her Judge Carluccio. Do no, you ever they know, no, they call her a Montgomery County lady uh-huh. or something, you know. Yep. And so. Um, she essentially she had been very forthright in saying i will not you know overturn any law i will go with the law meaning i will she, she this was not abortion for her mm-hmm. and i don't even know that she would have overturned anything i don't think she would have All right. but they ran it in a way that they said she's a she's a pro life anti abortion judge this was a 20 million dollar race $20 million and counting. Yep. We've never seen nope. this level of spending on a freaking local. This is Yes, it's the state Supreme Court, but oh my goodness, mm-hmm. $20 million. The oh, Democrats gosh. were pouring m- money into this. So the GOP on many levels, to Greg's point, the messaging is off. The money is off. And as well, the gloves were not off for Republicans. All the Republicans were above board. They were too nice. Mm-hmm. And if you want to hear me say this kind of thing is why Donald Trump, it, it created Trump, because he doesn't take it. Right. He doesn't take any piece of crud right. from anybody. Yeah, he doesn't give a damn. And and when they do this stuff, he calls them on it. Yep. Um, nice, nice doesn't win. That's correct. Mike Carr asks, besides Ohio, how do we know that the abortion issue is why Tem's one last night. I mean, dude, you can keep putting your head in the stand every time it's on the ballot, whether it's a whether it's a a, a deep red state or a blue state. It's been eight a, for eight. Abortion, like it wins. It, a it, thousand. it just wins. Right. What do you think the people in Virginia were voting for mm-hmm. yesterday? They they were voting for it because Youngkin basically said, "I'm I'm going to put this through." Well, well so, wait, wait though. To his point, Greg, listen to listen to the way the media is reporting it. Listen to our sister station, lead the lead, abortion on the ballot, and the music. All the local stations, abortion on the ballot Mm -hmm. in Virginia. Look at the local news. All the local news, abortion, I mean, you hear it, boom, boom, abortion on the ballot. So whether it is or really isn't, because Carolyn, uh, Judge Carluccio Mm -hmm. in Montgomery County would tell us, no, it it never was. I never was going to have a chance to even touch that. Nor would I overturn a constitutional something that's in the Constitution. And, and you talk about uh, the media right there, and that's that's the, the the thing I think Republicans have to realize. You're already starting way behind the eight ball. Your margin for error is so slim. Yes. You're outnumbered in registered voters. You're outnumbered in media coverage, probably eight to one for for the Fox News, the talk radio, twelve ten WPHTs, and the Newsmaxes. There's forty two thousand mainstream media outlets. So you're already trailing in so many things before we even tip the game off or kick the football game off so to speak so your your margin for screwing up is very small 
That's why it's so important, like Dawn says, about, you know, getting your messaging, finding the right candidate, getting it together, you know, and then being like Trump with the not, not, you know, too many people try to play nice. The Democrats don't play nice. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, Republicans so many times are just kind of, and then I see these voting turnouts and I'm getting texts. I was talking to Athens Kutzerumbus last night and, you know, some of these polling places are ghost towns by 515. Like, it, it's it's this is this is deja vu all over. This is Groundhog's mm-hmm. Day. This is a yep. repeat of last November. So what can we do about it rather than talk about it the day after? <clears throat> so my call to action, we here at WPHT, we used to do rallies and Greg Stocker was a big part of those. We here need to get out in the communities. I feel horrible that I wasn't out in Bucks County. We should have had rallies. We should have had town halls with the can and invite all the candidates, invite everybody, Dems, independents, Republicans, have the rallies and, and let people, because once you shake somebody's hand, once you see them at the rally, once you hear from them and their kids and their husband, then that's hard to erase through media misinformation, bias, media malpractice, phony ads, etc. That's what we here at WPHT, what we need to do moving forward um, through through 2024 and from now on. 855-839-1210. If you have a thought, a reaction, you want to chime in, 855-839-1210. The phone number will come back, put a bow on the 6 o'clock hour. A lot of stuff when it comes to media omission as well as some free speech issues that we will get to as we move along. And then coming up in hour number two before the cut sheet, a little bit of a preview tonight of the five that are left standing for the third RNC debate. It's Kale and Company, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app. Oh, it's time to escape. Will you join me next spring as we discover the wonderful sights in southern Italy with my friends from Conservative Tours? Yes, southern Italy, the Abbey of Monte Cassino, Pompeii. Enough time, of course, to see all the ancient great sites in Rome as well all while enjoying a gastronomical event for 12 days of touring. I'm talking about the Amalfi Coast, Positano, Sorrento, and the Isle of Capri. Olive oil production, a mozzarella farm, and of course, all those wineries, tasting sessions. The group dining events they're known for are legendary. Nobody does it better than conservative tours. Just ask my friend Dom Giordano in his better half row. 5267. 5267, that includes your nonstop airfare while supplies last. Just call toll free 888-733-9494. Go to conservativetours.com. Scroll down. You'll see my picture, the itinerary. Yes, uh, you'll see on there my husband, Larry Menti, my sons, Michael and David. We're all going. So for us, it's a, a family trip of a lifetime, too. And we'll all discover together why so many locals, Italians, take their vacations in Puglia, Italy's best kept secret unspoiled, authentically Italian. Join me, won't you? ConservativeTours.com. It's a Wednesday morning. It's a Tony Bruno Wednesday. Bruno will join us at 8.25. What's on the cut sheet less than an hour away? Dawn will have some news to kick off hour number two as well. And before we get to the cut sheet this morning, I do want to get to this story uh, kind of connected in some way to the big take this morning on censorship. How liberal college students dream of a nation without free speech. Very interesting survey and poll. Uh, We'll get to that 
And also a couple of stories with uh, the mainstream media, NBC News specifically, uh, totally botching the coverage of this hate crime in California of a pro-Palestinian protester and supporter that killed an elderly Jewish man uh, at 69 years old. Um, and then the media trying to do basically a stealth edit. And Dawn loves to talk about uh, media malpractice by omission. This was on full display. Uh, we'll get to that story as well to kick off the 7 o'clock hour. But just to kind of wrap up some of the election stuff, um, and, and I was just saying this during the break, I think, you know, we got to be very, very careful. And I, I would actually say, and I'm not going to avoid talking about polls. I think polls are great launching points for conversation and having the discussions that we have as the three of us and all of our audience does uh, on the YouTube chat or on Twitter. But again, if, if last night doesn't show you, I mean, I think about this. Kentucky's not the deep south. It's the mid-south. I lived in Tennessee. It's a little different in Tennessee and Kentucky as opposed to Georgia and Mississippi and Florida and Alabama. But it's still the south, right? And Kentucky is a very, very red state. So when you see these polls that we've talked about, and it's encouraging. You know, I, I think today Donald Trump has a better chance than he had six months ago, than he had when I started doing this show on October 3rd of 2022, when we started talking about, you know, elections and stuff. I mean, here I am, the new guy, right? And I'm the one sitting here saying Donald Trump will be dead on arrival in 2024. Like some people say, well, that takes some courage for the new guy to say that. I think he's got a much better chance today than he did six months ago or a year ago. But that being said, if, if you think that these polls are real life and that he's just going to waltz right past Joe Biden because the economy stinks or because crime's out of control, again, we're right on a lot of these issues. But at the end of the day, in the post-Roe v. Wade era that we live in, it might be as simple as Democrats saying the following. Democrats saying... Um, Republicans, they don't want you to have an abortion. Uh, Donald Trump, he's an evil, mad person. Like, and then you've got, you have these sheep out there and these simpletons that get their news from their iPhone on Facebook and Yahoo News or Apple News will send their a little alert on their phone. And that's the news consumption they get of the day. And they take it as fact and they run with it. And then we sit here and we're like, well, we know we have the better policies. Why do we keep losing? Like, I, I just, I think we need to really reinforce that. The hell with saying poll, take polls with a grain of salt. I mean, I wouldn't believe a poll right now if, if, if you plastered it on my forehead. I'm just going it's, it, to, it, it's such a small sample size. It's like, it, you know what it is? I'll, say, I'll tell you this. Polls are the equivalent of Twitter. It's, <laughs> it, it's not real life. Yeah. It is not real life. Well, we did, but we didn't have, did we have polls on, um, like, the, you know, Central Bucks School no, District. No, no. We, I'm, I'm talking big picture so stuff. So yes. big picture stuff. I, you know, I think, you know, I think for us in our area here, we knew this was tough in in the suburbs, even because of what's happening in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. I think polls are useful mostly because that's how they fundraise, and so it's a it's just a Polaroid, old good old fashioned Polaroid snapshot. You right. know, to, to to your point, um, but I think. Moving forward, you know, I think everything that's been said this morning, we all just have to look back like, uh, you know, after the football game and you look at the video and you say, all right, we need to reevaluate the plays. Yep. Well, they didn't do that after 2022. That's that's, that's what bothers me. You're right. It's like, you know, the Republican Party uh, from Ronna McDaniel all the way down. You fire the coach. Is she the coach that you fire? Yes. People were calling for her head last night on Twitter. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. If you're not getting your messaging out, 
and you think it's a winning message, mm-hmm. then yes, the person who is crafting that message needs to go yeah. because it's not a winning message. It has not been a winning message in a long time. Yep. So, uh, you know, and you talk too about, you know, uh, Twitter and TikTok and all that stuff not being real life. I think a lot of the problem is too is that people live in these silos of their, their own you know, creating with Twitter and Facebook and it's just people that they agree with and it's just news sources that they agree with. And they 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 get into this false security mm-hmm. that every like, oh yeah, everybody thinks the way I do. Yeah. Everybody thinks this way. But that's not the case. Well and that's why I try to actually and I know the assumption is I only read things on Twitter, but I have a subscription, the actual physical copy. I get Wall Street Journal, New York Post uh, New York Times, Washington Post, Philadelphia Inquirer. Saturday and Sunday, I get those five papers sent to my apartment because I want to read other things that are from. Wait, you get the hard copy. I get the hard copy. I, I <laughs> He's like an old man. I'm it's a, so old school. I grew up. I grew up in a newspaper family. My mom worked at <laughs> oh, the Express right. Times for twenty five years. Not that Aww. she was a writer. She she sold advertising for the paper, but. I've always been around physical print. Son, go down to the stoop and get and get Grandpa the the uh, the, the newspaper. Here, here's but, one from the Lehigh Valley. Why don't you go downstairs and get Pappy the morning call? <laughs> but your mom, who's in heaven now, it worked for a pretty legendary uh, news operation. Yeah, actually, yeah. So that's that's so cool that you grew up with that. You know the the smell of right. the, the newsprint. But the like, the point being though, like you know, with the Inquirer, I think all their stuff is extremely slanted left. I think it's garbage, but I I still read it because I want to see the other perspectives that are out there. And a lot of it's for show prep, so I can point out the the absurdity of some of the opinions that are shared and printed in these publications. But if the point, like if you only follow for conservative social media influencers. Like, if you take the... I'll just throw one per... And I'm not ripping this guy. He makes a lot of money. He does a great job. If you take... Oh, Charlie Kirk says this. Like, if you live in that little bubble and just that narrow little lane, you're going to think you're undefeated and you're invincible. And then you go to election day and you're like, whoa, Mm -hmm. we got blown out. Amen. (laughs) It's like... Amen. It's just not the real world, sadly. We should ask our friend friend, uh, Matt Rooney about that. <clears throat> candidate in New Jersey. Yeah. You know, Giuseppe Constanzo or whatever, <laughs> the ghost candidates yep. that Matt is and Zioli have ever reported. That's a crazy situation. Yeah. That's a whole different level. It Jeez. is. It is. Uh, one last thing, and then we'll get to this break here because I know we're up against it. Our buddy Sean Farage, we'll, we'll, we'll try to have him on again before Thanksgiving, maybe next week. He tweeted this last night, and he's so right. He says, if Ronna McDaniel is not fired from her role as RNC chair, then accountability is truly dead. You cannot consistently fail at your job and continue to hold that job. Something must be done. She's like a weather person. The forecast is always wrong, and she keeps staying employed. It's (laughs) remarkable. All right, we'll come back, kick off hour number two. Dawn's got some news, and then we'll get to these uh, free speech stories as well as the media omission. Once again, NBC News not telling the truth and the full story about a poor Jewish man that sadly lost his life in a protest. We're back after this, Kale and Company. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.